This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 ESPN. Welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's most informative real estate talk show. This hour is being brought to you by the Fresno Association of Realtors. And the goal that we have is to provide our listeners some really good information about the local market so that you can make good decisions. You wouldn't go into a football game without a well-prepared game plan. Well, real estate's no different. You got to have a game plan. And uh, hopefully here with Welcome Home Radio, we make a difference. Going way back to when this show started, January 2nd, 2009, we were in the depths of a recession, a housing crisis is what it was called. Um, The foreclosures were big. Fresno was in the top 10 for foreclosures. The goal that we have here at Welcome Home Radio is that we will educate the public so well that we don't even make the top 100 the next time there's a, uh, a recession. So, uh, hey, and we're doing good. And to help me with that is a good friend, somebody that I've known for, I think, 10 years, um, Summer Quick. Good morning. Good morning. How are you, Don? Great. Thank you. Good. So uh, Summer works at Realty Concepts. She's a realtor. And you started off, talk about working your way up. Uh, you started off as the receptionist. I did. I had the opportunity presented to work at Realty Concepts in about 2012, and um, I was the receptionist there, and then I was the executive assistant and marketing director for the Wiggingtons. So they mentored me for a couple years while I got licensed, and I never knew how much I would love real estate until I was in the depths of it, and then I knew that's what I wanted to do for my career. You said the depths of it, not the heights of it, huh? (laughs) <laughs> True, <laughs> but both of it, at the time, it was the depths of learning. All yes. right, <laughs> I shouldn't pick on just one word. <laughs> so, uh, um, and now full-time realtor and also full-time mom. Yes, full-time realtor, and I we are a blended family of six. So my husband and I have four children combined from the ages of two and a half to 16. So, and uh, my stepchildren are out of town, so that that balancing act of blending and working is is definitely hard but we make it work but it's the 16 year old that gives you all the trouble right uh uh, ryan's 14 (laughs) but yes 16 yes she actually she is (laughs) i'm kidding she's a good girl all right and for the listeners out there summer brought her daughter ryan who and 14 but you look 16 so you know but i just thought you were trouble no no no. okay (laughs) Um, anyway, we're going to talk real estate today, and um, you have an interesting comment that you made to me earlier in the week. Um, I'm giving some statistics. Let, let me lay out the statistics, and then you let me know your thoughts on it. Okay. All right. So for the first half of 2020, and what a wild ride the first half of 2020 has been. Um Absolutely. Yeah. Boy, we started off gangbusters. We, we, that roller coaster was at the top. And then we plunged down. And now we're going back up. Yeah. And somebody said, well, gee, is it going to be a, a long recovery? Well, let's wait until we get Summer's answer. <laughs> so here's the thing. 
We had 3,746 sold listings for the first half of uh, uh, 2020 in uh, Fresno County. That is down 10% from 2019. So somebody might say, well, gosh, that's better than you would expect to only be down 10% after going through shelter in place, uh, all that we've been through. But here's the interesting part. 2019 was down 10% from 2018. So maybe there's more to it than COVID. I I would agree. I would agree. I do think COVID-19 has not helped. I do think some people are hesitant because of it, but I don't think it's the main culprit of why our inventory is down right now. Um, And I think it's important the listeners realize that the statistics you just shared, because this is actually common the past few years, that we were 10% down and we go back up and we fluctuate. I think our biggest issue right now, though, is the low inventory, excessively low. We have such a high demand with all the buyers out there, but we need more supply. Okay, so in Realtorese, our our speak, we talk about inventory. (laughs) Yes. So what is inventory? (laughs) Listings. We need listings out there. We need sellers to sell their homes if it's the right time for them. I mean, it's a great time to sell right now. So that's what we're low on is listings. So, So why is it a great time to sell? It's a great time to sell for a few reasons. That's one of the reasons is we're low on listings, so we need them. So you know there's buyers out there, the demand is so high. But with so if buyers, you're a seller, right. there's a need for your home. Absolutely. And then with the buyers, the interest rates are so low right now. They're at a historical, we have lower interest rates. So take advantage of those interest rates while you can. Yes, you may be in a multiple offer situation on that one property, but if we got more listings, then it would be more balanced market. So... So I know of a situation last week mm-hmm. where there were 24 offers on a home. And you think about, wow, that's a lot. But here's the bad part. You think about the 23 buyers who didn't get it. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's, it, it's one of those, it's been very common. I've been working with a lot of buyers where you are getting beat out on, on offers and you're one of that number of the statistics that didn't get that house. And then they're moving on to maybe another house to be in the same exact situation they were before. And of course, with supply and demand the way it is, because you're talking about a high demand because of low interest rates. Yes. And But then uh, low supply, so that causes prices to, mm-hmm. to move. So in 2018, for the same first half of the year, the median price was 262000 it went up to 271,000 and now this year to 280 or 290,000. Mhm. Yep. So healthy jump up. It is. And I you know, I think at that point right there also sellers that's that's an advantage for them is you can get top dollar for your home, of course as long as it appraises and then go from there. But I do think at this point if people just realize they shouldn't be scared due to COVID-19, listing their home, is, it's a great time right now to do so. Should a buyer, or excuse me, should a seller be scared of COVID-19 and putting their home on the market? Well, professionally and personally, in its own entity, that's different. But when it comes to real estate itself, as realtors within our industry, we do everything to protect our clients. Um, as you very well know, California Association of Realtors has came up with safety protocols and legal requirements to make sure our clients are taken care of throughout this process. 
So there, that's the reason for the face mask, the hand sanitizer. Correct. And, and the Disinfectant wipes and signing your property entry advisory declaration form before you go in, which is to make sure you know the risks you may be taking. Yeah. I If six months ago, if you would have told me that people were going to have to sign a four-page form <laughs> advising them of the risks, the reward, and all, right. and all of going in, right. I would have said, you're crazy, Summer. That's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but it is happening. And actually, it used to be longer, so now those pages are just shortening up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there was a two-week period there where the form was 10 pages. Right. Yeah. And then seven, and now it's four. Yeah. And um, granted that when it was 10 pages long, I doubt anybody really read that. Oh, it's I, like, right. just let me in the house. I want to <laughs> go see the house. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So, and, and I, I want to shout out to the realtors and to the public, the buying public, who are, I, I've had no pushback on signing those forms. The, it's called the PEED, right. Property Entry Advisory Disclosure. Correct. And um, yeah, so if a buyer wants to go see a house, they need to sign it right. to get in. That is true, yeah, I haven't had pushback either. It's been, it's been pretty well um, taken because they understand they would rather, I think they'd rather have that cushion of, okay, we're, we're protected and you're looking mm -hmm. out for our best interest and that, that's a good thing. You know, if we were just saying go into the property, it doesn't matter, then we're not really protecting our clients. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah, and um, it, it's amazing how we have to go through with uh, uh, disinfectant wipes and everything, you know. Everything. Do the we became a cleaning service after our showings now is what it's almost been. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a, That is a good way to look at it. Right. We have become a cleaning service. Um, but it also has made sellers do something that they probably should have been doing anyway, and I hope that it stays. And that is leaving all the lights on when you know it's gonna be shown. Yes. Leaving the interior doors open. I mean, how many times did we used to walk into a home and it felt like you were in a dark cave? Absolutely, and you're rushing in because if you get there, you try to prep before your showings, but the client gets there early, you're walking through turning the lights on with them. And that's not really what I would prefer to do. So it has been, like you said, I hope sellers in the future that this is a normal. You know, keep your lights on, keep your blinds open, keep your dark doors, internal doors ajar, you know, just so people have minimal to touch. Yeah. So. All right. Yep. Great. So um, what did you see with COVID as far as your own business? Um, shelter in place happened about March, middle of March. Mm -hmm. So going into 2020, it was... I was prepped for a good year, you know, pipeline-wise and what I had coming up. But COVID-19 shelter-in-place really slowed things down. And not just for me, for many realtors, you know, March through May, it, it slowed down. Um, I was still working, but not at, at the capacity that I thought I was going to be as busy as I thought I was going to be. And then in May, um, things shifted. And once that happened for it was almost that all my buyers and sellers at that time decided we're ready. And the shelter in place got lifted in May, but it was a little before that that they said, okay, I think we're feeling more comfortable. There's a little bit more guidance within Fresno County of what our plans are as a community. So they felt better about it. And you call it guidance. I like to call it realtor resiliency. <laughs> we figured out a way yes. to show homes and get the job done. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. And with that, we're going to go to our first commercial break. So stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 ESPN.
Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. Here in the studio with us today, we have Summer Quick, a realtor with Realty Concepts. And um, she's here today to share her experiences and her knowledge and your vast wisdom that you've picked up over the years with our our audience. Um, all right, so we were... T- I, I want to go back to where you picked up all this information. So you said you worked with uh, the Wiggingtons, uh, yes. who have been realtors in the area for a long time. I still learn from them. So that, you know. I learned from you too, Don. <laughs> so now, did you learn the good things or the bad things from me? Well, it depends on the day. No, I'm okay. kidding. I learned all the good things from you. All right. So, yes, I did learn from the Wiggingtons um, for many years, and I will continue to learn from them. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, this brings out an interesting opportunity because we're talking about a low supply of homes. So it's like a seller as long as can can they just throw anything out there and it'll sell? Like, can they overprice it? Can they not mow the lawn? No, (laughs) no, that it's it still wouldn't sell. You know, you still have to have your home show ready and priced appropriately and be flexible to negotiate with those buyers, um, depending on how many offers you have. I mean, it's, there's negotiations throughout the entire process, but you have to have your home prepped as if you are showing that value and condition as much as possible. And to show how important that is, there are still listings that have been on the market for months mm-hmm. and have not sold yet. So here we're talking about multiple offers, 24 offers on one home, and you know, there's another one down the street that maybe has been around a long time. Absolutely. And it could be, you know, there's a couple things. It could be a great listing and maybe it does show well, but it was listed months ago before COVID-19 even occurred. And now it's just became somewhat stale and the price has been adjusted numerous times. And sometimes buyers are detoured from looking at it um, because it's been on the market for so long. But Ultimately, it's coming down to how well you're prepping your listing. If you don't have the curb appeal and you don't have everything going on on the inside and having that professional realtor to guide you to best prep your home, um, most likely you're not going to sell it as quickly as you think you could. Okay, you just described a scenario that I run into a lot. What is that? And that is the buyer says, wow, this has been on the market for 60 days, 90 days, uh, and numerous price reductions. And they think, well, you know, it must be overpriced still. Something's wrong with it. Um, I showed one the other day where it fit that scenario. And my buyer said, there must be foundation problems. <laughs> I looked around. I said, it's got tile floors. So you're going to see cracks. <laughs> right. And no cracks. It's like, no. But he goes, well, why hasn't it sold? And, and I think it had more to do with the dead lawn that was two feet tall. Right. Out in the front yard. <laughs> no, absolutely. And that's why and sometimes I even dig deeper where I contact that listing agent and say, what's going on? You know, why has this house not sold or why? And and get more information on behalf of my clients to see, is it really the house? Is it the sellers? They just, are they 50000 above where they should be and they're not willing to adjust that price? You know, so just trying to understand the angle and why, why it's where it's at. Okay. So if a seller presents it properly meaning cleaned up, show ready, right? Um, and it's priced appropriately, what's a typical home going to sell? I mean, what's it going to take? 
for, as, as far as time? Oh, it. I mean, if it's it could be in escrow within a week, absolutely. If you have all the right things um, taken care of, it could be off the market in a couple of days at that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you do the right things and price it appropriately. So, so that actually leaves an opening for a thing called a contingency sale. Yes, it does. <laughs> now, six months ago, we would have said a contingency sale, uh-uh, not gonna happen because the market at the time didn't fit. It's like, why don't you go sell your house first, then come and make an offer on mine. But there are times now where contingency sales work. So describe to us, if you would, Summer, how does a contingency sale actually take place? So it could be either way. So the seller that has their home listed may be contingent on finding a replacement property of their own. So because inventory is so low, they waited to sell until they found that right property. And now they're an escrow on that next property that they're moving into. So it's contingent on that property. Now as a buyer, you may put an offer in on a home, but you're contingent on closing the house that you're currently living in because you chose not to list until you knew that there was something on the market you could get an accepted offer on. So it could be contingent on all sides of that or just one aspect of that. Um, you can have multiple contingencies on one property at the same time, but it's really what I've seen is it's coming down to it's the same topic we started with is the low supply and the high demand. And so a lot of sellers are, they're worried about listing their home because there's no replacement property. So then they're waiting. Like I've had listings that are in queue. I've had to change my entire marketing scheme of how, plan I should say, of getting the listing prepped ahead of time now. It's completely changed for me. So that's that, that part of it I, we could talk about that later, but that part of it has changed absolutely mm-hmm. due to the contingent sales. All right. What what does a seller need to do to prepare their home for the market? So what I would recommend is what we had kind of touched base on is getting their house completely ready in the front. Curb appeals, important. Having the house deep cleaned. And if you can't, prefer, you know, depending on budget, if you can't have a professional cleaner come in, then just do the best you can. Clean your house. Um, I always would recommend staging if need be. If not, declutter, depersonalize, go over your comps with your realtor to make sure your price is at a a good fair market value price. And then um, be ready to have professional photos taken and professional videos and market away so you can have the best success of selling your home. So you you remind me of a time when when you said about depersonalizing the home. Um, I had a couple that we were looking at homes and I got to talking a lot with the guy because he's a big sports fan too and we were talking sports so anyway we go into this one home and there's tons of trophies and pictures from Fresno State football so we were just looking at this like oh hey look look at this trophy look at this and and um, when we got out of the house the wife was mad at her husband and at her realtor, me, <laughs> because we didn't pay attention to the house. Right. She goes, you guys don't even know what, what floor the master bedroom's on. It's like, uh, she's right. <laughs> but I sure remember where the trophies were. Right. So um, that that's a case where the seller may have wanted to thin out the house so that we buyers would focus. 
Um, Because I'm not the only realtor that would make that mistake. I don't think. I don't hope. hope. I'm sure not. (laughs) All right. You wouldn't do it, though. Uh, I probably would, maybe not in that exact scenario, but I'm sure I would definitely get distracted. I have before when I've seen a ton of personal photos up, and I'm like, I know these people. I didn't even know it was their house. Even per the tax records, it was under a different name, and I... It did throw me off. So I had to tell myself and my clients, do not focus on the photos, focus on the house. But it happens very easily if you don't depersonalize. Mm -hmm. So, okay, taking care of the yard is important because that's your first impression. Yes, absolutely. Mow that lawn and plant those beautiful flowers and keep up on watering your grass, especially during the summertime. Keep up on the watering. I mean... It's Fresno. It's hot. It dries our grass out. Just take care of your front yard because people drive by. Yeah, because that nice, well-kept lawn communicates enjoyment Mm -hmm. as opposed to communicating, this is a project for you to work on once you buy it. It Well, and it's the first thing you see. So it's, it's absolutely, you know, first impressions are lasting. And so if you see that home, like you said, if I have to fix this, what am I not seeing behind the closed door that's not taken care of either, that I haven't even walked into this property? So, A few weeks ago on the show, um, we talked about how that yard, the curb appeal, mm-hmm. is your first communication to the buyer that we care, the seller cares about their home and they have maintained it and, and taken care of it. So it's a communication. Absolutely. Yeah, and communication is absolutely key in this business, as you know. In any relationship, really. (laughs) Yeah. All right. How about once you open that front door, what what what's important for the buyer to see? A clean, bright home. You, I just if you walk in, you want it to feel clean. You know, it should actually look like you are. You're you take pride in your home ownership. You know, you took care of this home. They want new owners that are going to do the same. So, just a nice open flow. I personally and professionally like when you add staging elements but if you already have your own decor which most people do it's my job to make sure that I help educate them on what they could best do to list their home and how on the inside even staging touches I'm having the like we talked about earlier all the blinds open everything bright and lit up um, it'll definitely show better once you walk in Mm -hmm. so and sometimes it's possible to overstage be uh, I had one where the home was vacant and the kitchen was a little small but the people to stage it brought in a bunch of stuff and just totally lined up the counter kitchen counter with stuff and like cooking items or well just <laughs> um staging items okay, okay. you know um vases just all vases of, <laughs> okay uh, spice bottles and things right. like that but anyway it made the kitchen look small. Right. It, it put out the wrong message. Balance is key also, right? You have to, staging is important, but like you said, overstaging could be just as bad as not doing the front yard because then it does give you the optical illusion of, oh, this this house isn't as big as it seems, and then people walk. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, hold on to those thoughts because we are going to our next commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 ESPN. I think she is our favorite guest, right? I know yours. Well, thank you very much, Ryan. Um, So what grade are you in? I'm going into my freshman year. All right. And you're a very confident person. Yes. I mean, not everybody can get on the radio. And 50,000 watts, that means people in Sacramento can hear you, people (laughs) on the coast. 
and all your friends. Now, you'll have to go to the podcast and show your friends that, hey, see, I was on the radio. <laughs> will you do that? Yes, I will. All right. And you pronounced my name right, so hey, that's good. <laughs> All right, so I have a question. That, uh, do you ever go with your mom on appointments? Yes, I do go to my mom with appointments, but it's been different since COVID because when I was little, I used to be able to go inside the houses with her, and now I just have to sit in the car and wait because mm -hmm. I can't go inside anymore. When you sit in the car, do you listen to 940 ESPN? No, on the radio? I'm usually, like, on my phone. No, the answer is yes, of course. <laughs> You're on your phone. Yeah. Oh, I... <laughs> All right. So going back to our your favorite guest, Summer, um, what? Um, let's talk about showing etiquette and how it's changed. Uh, so let's go back to what showings were like six months ago. So six months ago, pre-COVID-19, mm -hmm. we did not have the safety precautions put into place. I mean, you would make a showing appointment with that listing agent, or if it was vacant, you would still tell them, I'm going to go show your property, access the property accordingly, and um, just walk in hand in hand. Well, not literally hand in hand, but with your buyer, mm -hmm. <laughs> and view the property together, lock up, and leave. Um, we're now... The California Association of Realtors has done a phenomenal job on coming up with legal requirements and safety protocols for our industry. So what's it like to show a house now? So let, let's say your client calls you and says, Summer, we just saw a new house that came on the market on, on Pine Street. We want to go see it. What's involved now? So... Well, of course, as always, even in the past, you see the showing instructions. You know, how soon can I get in? I check with the realtor, see if they have any offers in, um, when they plan on presenting and such. And then I send over a, what's called a property entry advisory disclosure per the coronavirus. And they have to sign off on it myself, and then it's sent to the sellers, and they sign a copy of receipt. And this is just stating... It's letting them know the risks of walking into someone's home. We don't know if they have COVID-19 or have been exposed to it. And then also they're signing saying they're not sick and that they haven't been around anybody that has had a fever or had symptoms in the past 14 days. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's protection for everybody. So it's not like it was six months ago where you find a home, make one or two calls, and then jump in the car and go. No. And there's times even in the past where you could be in front of a house and your client's like, I want to see this one, add it to the list. And you call that realtor and say, is there any way I can get in? And they say, sure, go ahead, where that can't happen now. It's just not doable. You have to plan more. Um, you have to be better prepped for your week, including all the what we call PEDS, but that's the form I was just talking about. And you have to wear a mask when entering the property. Um, I choose to wear gloves. My, I tell my clients not to touch anything. I will open all the doors for them. And then we disinfect all surfaces that were touched, even if we're wearing gloves, just to be extra cautious. So all of these safety precautions is what's helping the market bounce back because it's giving us the opportunity to get buyers into the home. Absolutely. Yeah, so it's, it's the housing market. Is, we've been very, very fortunate and blessed that we are able to still provide our services and work and do what we love to do for our clients. Um, but it just, takes, it just takes more work. And if you are truly there for the right reasons for your clients and their end goals, you will do the right things for them to get them to that end goal. And boy, how we've had to change because 
and I'm going to look back at me. Six months ago, I would have told my sellers that when they say, well, we're, we're, we want this by appointment only. Right. I was eh, not really such a good idea because we're going to limit people and, and, and we're telling them that, hey, you're going to do it at my convenience. Um, so I would advise them, let's put the lockbox on there so only a realtor can get in. But um, and here's the phone number to call. But I, in fact, I used to tell sellers that when you get that phone call saying, "Hi, I'm so and so. I'd like to show your home at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. Is that good?" I said, "Here, write down this verbiage. Sure, come on out. If we're not home, use the lockbox." <laughs> so I, I would say, "This you're showing them that you're a willing, motivated seller." Right. Um, and then you don't have to worry about being there or not. You know, they're going to use the lockbox. Right. Now it's different. Now I have to tell them, we need to do it by appointment. Right. Yeah, confirmed appointment only. I used to hate that Right. One. Confirmed appointment. Uh, but that's... It's where the world, where our real estate industry is right now. And it's temporary. I do... I think that it'll last at least through this year. We'll see what happens with 2021. Mm -hmm. So it's a good thing we're changing, though, because change is the only way we're going to get back to normal. Yes. Ah, think about that one. <laughs> <laughs> change to get back to normal. But right. I, I, I do agree. But, but I think it's important that we adapt to the change as opposed, you know, that's a part of that's a huge part of real estate is adapting to all the changes that occur with or without COVID, there's always going to be changes. Mm -hmm. well, of all these changes, which ones do you hope we keep? I do. We, we touched base on it a little bit earlier, but the sellers prepping their homes right before they're shown, you know, the lights on, having the ambiance already going before you walk in. I think setting the stage and the standard for our sellers in the future to do that is important. Um, I think just having the... <coughs> the extra precaution of people entering your property and being more aware I think is important. Now, I know there's probably other aspects that I'm not touching base on, so I'll have to think on that one a little bit more, but. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a deep question. I know. What, what should we keep? Um, yeah, and I like that one about sellers being more prepped. Right. Here's one that, <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, and buyers only, you know, of course, buyers, they like to look. They like to do looky-loo. But I think it's important that because of this, they need to be 100% serious and ready to go. Like, they, they're not just their pre-approval on that aspect, because, but they're really looking at homes to purchase because it's so much more work right now that goes into the back end before showing properties. And then after you show 20 or 30 properties for your buyers to say, Never mind. I I don't. I'm not ready right now. It it devalues what you're really doing for them. So I think it's important that in the future, hopefully, this will help them um, be better prepared for that as well. Yeah, that pre-approval is really important. And I think one thing, one of the blessings that has come out of this our rebound is that it's the serious buyers are out there. Right. Yeah, the looky lose, not so much. Yeah, it takes too much effort now. It's so much, so much work. Oh, that's a good point. You're right. It's There's so much effort. It's not like a free open house day. Right. 
Oh, speaking of open houses, tell us about those. So that's, I have yet to hold one this during COVID-19 because it well the Realty Concepts started this prototype of open houses about two weeks ago I believe um, where it's by appointment only they have to it's I believe it's every 15 to 20 minutes you still have to sign that property entry advisory disclosure per the coronavirus and then you um, can only have I believe up to five people on the property at the same time you have one realtor standing outside of the property to wait with the other clients, everyone has to be masked up. They sign those forms and wait. Then one client takes the, the buyers looking through the property. So it's a completely different system than pre-COVID-19 where you'd have an open door and an open house sign up front for three hours and say, come on in at any time. <laughs> yeah, in fact, I would say that it's really not an open house. That sounds more like- Confirmed appointment. Open, open for showing. Right, <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah. It's we'll, By appointment. <laughs> we'll just have to change the names. <laughs> All right, so the safety precautions that the realtors are taking are allowing the market to flourish. Um, I never thought that I would be driving around with a box full of face masks, uh, gloves, hand sanitizer, wipes, even booties. I know, I didn't I didn't either. I, you should see my car now. My daughters are always in it and it's, I have sanitation tools everywhere and then my gloves and I'm like, what is what is going on? But it's for the right reasons and it's became so normal now where going into a property and having, okay, put my gloves on, put my mask on and the new pro protocol, it's just, it's what is normal for our industry right now and it is helping our market flourish, like you said. I just got an idea, an entrepreneurial idea for Ryan. Oh. Why don't you offer to do the cleaning and sanitizing for your mom after the showing five bucks five <laughs> bucks I mean, you, you could become a millionaire soon do you know when she when we first met she was probably in kindergarten or first grade and you said that if we paid her every time she asked for a referral at elementary school <laughs> it, we had this discussion i remember do you remember, I that? remember that too <laughs> well i would I was telling you the story about how when my son was in first grade, right? Uh, he just started bringing business to me. I mean, and so I was paying him five dollars <laughs> per referral, right? And then one of the my buddies that we worked with at the time, Armando Khan, goes, "Stephen, that's too cheap. I'll pay you 10. <laughs> my son in first grade goes, "It's a deal, Armando. Where'd that?" I said, "Hey, hey Stephen, how do you think I pay for the food?" Right. That we put on the table. The pizza that we go out and get. He looks at Armando and says, sorry, Armando, deal's off. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You have a good memory. You remember all these things. So. I, d I, I feel like I have a good memory, but that's one thing. I do remember yeah. that, too. I used to keep your business cards in my backpack. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I don't think she pulled referrals like that, though. <laughs> <laughs> but I did have them in my backpack. <laughs> no, well, that that's a good daughter. Yes, she is a good daughter. We are going to our next commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 ESPN. This is Don Scordino, your host. And here in the studio, we have Summer Quick, a realtor with Realty Concepts. And we've been talking about the current state of the market and the things that we have to do now and the things we can't do now and and, and all of that. So this market must present some real challenges for the buyers. Yes, it has. Um, do, so 
good things for buyers are the interest rates, but the challenge is you're going against typically multiple offer situations. And you still have to be within your means. So yes, your realtor should be putting together a solid, sometimes creative offer, but never stretching you outside of your means. So you can only do the best you can do with your offer and stay tenacious and keep doing what you can to find that right home and win that offering situation. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the things in an offer that um, can help a buyer get the home? So besides going up in purchase price, um, you can, you know, sometimes you can um, assist with the seller's closing cost to be creative. Um, you can not ask for the home warranty, not ask for any closing cost in this market. Asking for closing cost is not very typical. Um, you can also try to definitely talk to the listing agent to see what the seller's end goal is. Are they going to be contingent? Are they trying to rent back? Um, just trying to figuring out what their angle is so then you can best prep your buyer for the most solid offer you could put on paper. Mm-hmm. I've always liked that one where there's a seller who maybe has been in the home for 30 years, allowing the seller a little extra time after close of escrow to mm-hmm. move out might be uh, just the winning ticket. Right. So it's really important your realtor gets to know that listing agent and seller as best they can so you can best prep your offer. Because mm-hmm. if you don't know, you're going in there blind and just saying, okay, high purchase price, but maybe that's not, you know, typically they want a high purchase price, but maybe that's not their end goal completely. And I'd like to give two scenarios of one where I think that's a good idea to make that offer of giving the seller additional time. And then I'll give you a, another scenario where I don't think it's such a good idea. So the good idea is you walk in a home, seller's been there 30 years, the seller is the occupant of the home, and everything's neat and clean. You can tell they take care of it. Well, that's a, I'll bet you anything, they're gonna keep it that way too. So in the five days of that extra possession time, or even if it's up to 29 days, that that's, they're gonna do that. It's just a very, very good bet or gamble. Right. Now, let me give you the reverse. So the owner doesn't live in it, someone else does. Um, maybe a caretaker or, or, or some, the home's not very well kept. All right, so I don't know that that's a good idea to do it then because, hey, the owner wants the money, they wanna close the escrow, but whoever's in that home may not wanna get out and what's their motivation for getting out? So. Right. Got to be careful with that one. Um, what other challenges are there for the buyer? I mean, okay, we, we talked about the offer, but how about in financing? Is there more challenges right now? There are definitely more regulations. I mean, I, I'm not a lender, but from what the lenders that I work with have been saying, it's just. But your mother is, so. She is so a lender. So you know a thing or two. <laughs> I pick her brain all the time. Um, she, so with that being said, the regulations on the back end, they're just more strict. You know, even for when they're in, for example, verification of employment, um, they they always have to look at your verification of employment at the beginning of escrow, but then they have to pull it again at the end. And regardless of how much money you make, and we can very well see you're a very solid buyer, they have to verify your employment even more so with COVID-19. There's no getting around it at all. So. Um, 
with that being said, it does make their jobs a little bit harder, the lenders, um, but they still get the job done. It's still doable to close that loan in 30 days if they need to. They just might have to push a little bit harder. Okay. Now, I will also want to get into another thing. Realtors often, like if you and I are just talking in the office someday, we might go into realtorese where we just use all these acronyms, but the public doesn't necessarily know them. And I'll throw out a typical one, conventional financing. Okay, that's not even an acronym. It's two very basic words. But what does that really mean to the public? So when they're going to get a loan from their preferred lender, you know, they're going to be qualified for where their interest rate or their interest rate, what they're going to get is based off their FICO score, their assets, their W-2, their bank statements, their pay steps. So it's the conventional loan is going to be not backed up by the, so FHA, look at FHA. And FICO, you use that one too. I know, but see, I didn't even realize I was doing it. So you're correct. This is, um, we do this constantly and there are times that my clients don't even ask the question. I, now that I think about it, they just listen as opposed to saying, what does that mean? And sometimes they'll say, do you know what that means or does that make sense? Um, even when we get to disclosures in real estate, I consistently am saying SPQ or TDS or just using the acronym. And so I've gotten a lot better on saying the entire word. But then even when I say, oh, the seller property questionnaire, well, what does that mean? The transfer disclosure statement. Well, what does that mean? So yes, it's it's very common where I think as realtors, it's important that we try to put it in layman terms as best as possible. So in one sentence or less, how can you have it less than one sentence? But okay. Well, I've <laughs> oh, in my mind, you can. And with my English, you can. <laughs> but what does the transfer disclosure statement do? So... In one sentence or less. Okay, you take okay. two. <laughs> so you're, as a seller, you are transferring as much information over to the buyer and you're disclosing good, bad, and different any material known facts about the property to the buyer, whether it's from the previous owner or as you as an owner, anything that you know about the property, good, bad, and different, ethical and honest mm -hmm. at all times. And then SPQ. Seller property questionnaire. I guess that one's pretty easy to understand. It's a little bit easier. It's pretty, you know, generalized. You're answering a questionnaire as a seller. But mm -hmm. it's the same thing. You're still disclosing material, no, known facts. Right. And there's one question on there that I think is really oh so good. And that is, one, are there automatic sprinklers? Yes, there are. But then the real good question is, is there any part of the property not covered by the sprinklers? Oh, I know. That is so – yes, that question is funny to me. But that's – how has that been on there? Do you know yeah. for the entirety of your the time you've been in the business? Well, see, the time that I've been in the business, we didn't even have disclosures. Seriously, when I first started, the listing agreement was one page, and that was it. There were no disclosures, not a, even an agency disclosure. And this is why we have disclosures now, because there's so many lawsuits from not having disclosures. Yeah. All of them, you know, they, they always pass me by. <laughs> Everybody thought, well, he doesn't have any money. <laughs> well, let's not waste our time on him. But, um, yeah, there were, there were no disclosures. But that actually when the seller property questionnaire first came out, that question was on there. And I thought it was a really good one because how are, how are you going to know? Uh, um, 
unless you've lived there for a while. So you, you wouldn't know. I mean, and that's why it's important to have inspections too. Mm-hmm. So. All right. How is it balancing your work life, your family life, being you have kids? Uh, it is. And a husband who, you know. Very supportive husband, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is amazing and hard. You know, there. I know I'm not the only working mom out there. I admire some incredibly strong working women out there. But I learned from my mother, which she's, her work ethic is undeniable. And so the hardest part with me is I give everything my all. So I can't give I can't give being a mother and my career my all. So finding that balance and that happy medium of having peace, of knowing that I'm doing the best I can is the hardest part. I mean, we have four kids combined and we're growing our careers. My husband's growing his own. I'm growing mine. And I became more involved in the Fresno Association of Realtors this year by um, joining the Leadership Academy program and the Community Outreach Committee. And so adding that on top of it, which you're very well versed. I mean, you You've done so much for so long, and you're the president this year, and there's so much that you add onto your plate. But I think being organized and staying as planned as possible on your calendar is what really will help you be successful, is just planning things out as best you can. And then paying Ryan when she gets older to be my assistant. (laughs) Ah, There you go. So we talked about you having a good memory. Here's my good memory. The last time you were in this building, uh, I was having a a class. Mm And we were using the upstairs here at One Putt Broadcasting, and your husband was here. And he asked me, he goes, is it all right if she doesn't come to the next one because I'm planning on proposing to her? Oh, I didn't know that that happened, that question. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So I feel responsible for uh, you guys getting married. Yeah, we we owe it to you, Don. Thank you. Yeah, I could have said, no, she has to be in attendance, and then he may never have proposed. I know. We talked. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. See, I'll be part of the family lore now. Forever. Yeah. So what is your best real estate advice? Never give up. You know, it, and this is going to other realtors, I guess, getting into the industry is how I see it is stay tenacious, stay consistent, always look out for the best interest of your clients, and, you know, be honest and ethical at all times. You know, professionalism is extremely important within our industry. Um, Just do the right thing. Do the right thing. That's the part I like. Now, one more question for you, and that is, what do you want our listeners to remember the most about today's show? Don't be afraid to sell right now. So for for two reasons, you know, it's a great time to sell, and our industry as a whole we're taking major precautions to protect our clients at this time and always. Mm-hmm. So don't be afraid to sell. All right, excellent advice. And um, I do wanna thank you for coming in today to uh, visit with us on Welcome Home Radio. Thank you for bringing your very nice daughter, Ryan. And uh, thank you, Ryan, for being part of the show. You're welcome. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for having us. Oh yeah, it's, it's great. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in and learning about real estate. And I know that you can learn from real estate because I actually learn myself from being here because every week we bring in different professionals with a different take on things, different backgrounds. And it's been fantastic for me and I hope for all our listeners too. Thank you very much. And we'll be back next Saturday, nine to 10. 
Thank you for tuning in to Welcome Home Radio.